everyone. Welcome to our Valentine's episode, our Valentine's special. Yes, it's very special. Yeah, very special episode. Thanks yes. for joining us and thanks to our patrons because this is a video episode. So we mm-hmm. are making eye contact right now if you're a patron. But if not, that's okay. You can still listen to the audio if you're just, yes. uh, you know. A listener, so yeah, yeah, it's very special as well because this is a drunk as fuck episode. Yes, it is. So yeah, Steph and I have been pre-gaming mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. for for a few hours before this, so we're feeling very fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, been, it's been a few hours of of just warming up, warming up. So oh, yeah. Yeah, um, our last drunk as fuck episode was Christmas. Was it Christmas? Yeah, yeah, it was Christmas. Christmas I think. Yeah. Oh then, my god, I got so yeah, turned for the I Christmas. Know. I already episode. warned Dylan before. I was like, I'm gonna come b- back to bed in a few hours. And oh yeah. And I, I may sleep on the couch. I don't know. You're gonna <laughs> I don't be know what's spinning. Gonna yeah. yeah. <laughs> I warned Phil as well. I was like, this is a drunk as fuck episode. So when yeah. I come out and I'm done recording, I'm gonna be fucking drunk <laughs> but uh yeah so our last drunk as fuck episode was our christmas episode mm-hmm. and that was fantastic and this is our valentine's day episode so happy early valentine's day everyone yes. because this is coming out a few days before uh valentine's day mm-hmm. and we have um kind of i don't know what steph's story is but we have valentine's uh, yeah, themed it's all themed around, stories. you know, uh, love. relationships, couples, love, mm-hmm. interests, yes. sexy time, some strange Sexitive. things. What? Uh, what's your story this week? What's so, your, the kind of general theme of your yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you're going to love this one. Uh, it is a it's, – it's, it's an alien encounter, but encounters – of a lifetime, uh, and and it's a it's a very special relationship between <laughs> two, a, a person and a special person. Um, uh, is it a person? We we don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm very excited to endeavor into this. It's incredible. Very special incredible. relationship. What about yours? <laughs> Mine is quite historical, I guess yep. you could say. Um, it's kind of like a well-known um, story, but not for the paranormal side, but for the history side. Oh. It's one of our kind of like history love it. stories that we sometimes love the history ones. have. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like half history, half just like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. But, um, Ooh, yeah, super right. interesting, super interesting. I um, So what I usually do with my stories is before we start recording, mm. I go over – what I've written one more time just to double check that it's all good. Yeah. And I'd or tonight I'd already had a few drinks <laughs> while I was checking over my story and I was just like, what is this? How am I going to read this while we're recording? What? I am already drunk. <laughs> like, oh. It's just because my eyes weren't working. Oh, I guess they don't okay. work yeah, yeah, as yeah. well after drinking. But, yes. Uh, it's got, I mean, I, I know that – 
I mean, I'm really going to struggle because I use says size 10 font. Like my you font's really small. You have tiny font my that you use. Tiny. I haven't even looked at my story. I'm so scared now that you mentioned it. <laughs> I use like size 20 uh, yeah, because my know. eyes are so bad. Even glasses, not size 20 font. <laughs> that's, a, that's a red flag yeah, ten, for your eyes. 10 size. words per page. <laughs> so uh, I think we should just get into our yeah. housekeeping <clears throat> really fast, get that over and done with, and then we can just talk some shit. Yeah, Because I have some questions to ask you, oh, Stephanie. Okay, all right. Yeah, well, same here. <laughs> well, let's look. Let's just uh, address the very large elephant in the room, uh, which may just be for me and Jordy, <laughs> but last week's episode was, like, the most painful thing for me ever um it was i made a little boo-boo so um (laughs) what i've been doing i've been um following this look i'll explain what's what's happened i've actually been following a twitch streamer who's been watching 90 day fiance um and you can't legally get it in australia and he's not legally allowed to do it on twitch so what he does he goes live and i have to screen record the entire stream so i can watch it later because i when i'm working i can't watch it so i I screen record the audio from my desktop right then that night me and geordie record our episode and i forgot to take the desktop audio off so it recorded my microphone voice and also what i was hearing through the computer which was geordie's voice so the editing Mm. took me like it was a full shift it was like seven eight hours of it was literally a double just, shift it was a double shift of me just every time me and Jordy would speak at the same time I had to cut her actual audio out it was a fucking nightmare, I, a nightmare. I feel like maybe 80 percent of it was actually fine but the little bits here and there where it was just a little bit wacky yeah um it was a yeah. bit up and down I think like Steph and I we like to really take pri- we put a lot of time and energy into our sound mm-hmm. quality and all of that shit. So when something like this happens, oh. it's like, <gasps> yeah, and we just feel a little bit unprof. It's not even that we feel unprofessional. We just like to, yeah, be as best as possible. Yeah, you know? and when, so- we we only make a mistake once, which is what we've learned because yes. we've made yes. so many fucking mistakes, <laughs> and so it's fine. Funny. You got to make mistakes to learn, but yeah, you know. It was. It was a. It was a big one. Oh, it was it wasn't a big even one. a big one. Because well, I don't want to make you feel bad for doing. No, no. It, it, well, it was, I would have felt bad if you had to edit. Yes, because it, I, it takes me a lot longer to edit. Mm-hmm. That would have been have to like two days worth of editing. Yeah. yeah. So yes, we apologize uh, for that, but hopefully <laughs> this, <laughs> this audio is going to be crisp and sexy yeah. and fantastic. Yeah. So oh. Something very exciting is that we have a couple new patrons. Um, yeah. We have Matt from the Moth Boys podcast who signed up to our Patreon. And if you haven't listened to the Moth Boys, go do it. Get on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fucking get onto it. Thanks, really Matt. Cool shit. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. And we love your work, mate. Yes. We love your work. And uh, we also have Phil. So Phil's a really good friend of mine and he signed up to Patreon Patreon as well and he did a custom pledge as well. Uh, So thank you so much, Phil. Love to have you on board. Um, And say something in the Discord because I added you. And, um, you know, the Discord, I put a lot of weird stuff in the Discord. I think I'm like 80% in there just posting memes. Yeah, Um, it's mainly Steph just like... Cat photos and weird memes. Yeah, it's me just like 
Talking about the weather. Outputting all of my... <laughs> <laughs> it's literally memes of the weather in the Discord. <laughs> Steph is definitely our Discord ho. At Spooky Mountain. Yeah. And, like, I'm online, like, 24-7 and it otherwise says I'm, like, playing Minecraft or I'm I offline. Know, I, know. <laughs> I noticed. I noticed your Discord constantly says it playing says Minecraft. It's fucked up. It's so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, it feels one of... One of the people in my small group where we have a server together in Minecraft, and he's oh, just discovered nice. Minecraft as well, so we're on the mm. same page. We're yeah. all very new to it, and it's just wild. It's so oh, funny. I, mean, I used to play, so I have Minecraft on Switch, on Nintendo uh, Switch, but yes. I used to, like years ago when I was living in Canada, I used to play Minecraft on Xbox, mm. and we would have servers and Oh my it's god, so it was so fun and so epic yeah. and so I many like I only think it's fun when you you're actually with people that you're friends with cuz I don't really I like know. playing when I'm alone. There's um, nothing just, to do. You yeah. just break shit. You just Yeah, yeah. Shit, but we you know? go on like full missions we like pack our like we go back to a house we've made a big house all together and we like have all these things we take our supplies and then we go on a boat and then we go and explore the map and find somewhere to go and it's just so fun so fun i love it (laughs) so much fun yeah we definitely try and get that i know i probably say this all the time i can't remember right now because i'm a bit drunk Mm. but uh yeah we should get minecraft going for twitch yeah i've officially bought it now um but steph Mm. I have a question for you. Mm. Considering it's Valentine's, I want to stick with the love theme and Mm. all that kind of thing. Valentine's lovey-dovey. The Valentine's theme. So I want to ask you Mm. something. Mm -hmm. I want to hear any stories from you of a nightmare date that you've had or nightmare dating Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. Have you okay. had any really bad dating experiences, hookup experiences, mm. anything like that? Okay. Yes. One. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm kind of known for like just being in long term relationships, so I haven't really mm-hmm. had any dates. Um, me and Dylan have been together for like seven years now, and then my ex before we were together five years. So in between, yeah. it's not really too much. There was a – so this was, like, <laughs> just after me and my ex broke up mm-hmm. after five years, and I yep. was like, okay. On was, the rebound. Oh, it was <laughs> it was really – it was a messy time. Um, and I was living with a group of friends, and it was, like, a weeknight. It was so stupid. And my friend Ailey, who was living with me at the time – um, I was, we were just getting drunk in the house and I was like, you know what, let's just go out and let's just fucking do something. Let's just go <laughs> somewhere. So we went to Newtown. We got an, a taxi mm-hmm. to Newtown, which is like the place at the time. Well, still is, you know, all the pubs and bars and everything like that. Oh yeah. It's like the place to be. Place to be. And she was like my wing girl. 
She was like, all right, let's just, let's get you a hookup. But I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be an adult and like try to hook up with a random person. Adult things. <laughs> so it was so bad. And we um, were going from like bar to bar, just us two like, hey, it's fine. Like just getting more drunk and just dancing. And then we finally get to this bar. Um, which, if anyone's a local, uh, we went to Kelly's, oh, um, which is Kelly's. oh, never stepping foot in there again. Ooh, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pretty wild place. As yeah, it's like where all the like, I guess where most of the backpackers go. Yeah, um, it's like a full Irish pub, but like run by Australians. Like, yeah. it's weird. It's a and weird. It's- the, so in Sydney, we, I don't know if we still do, but we have, we did at least have mm. like hardcore lockdown, yes. like nightlife lockdown at one point. So Yes, it was during that time. It was yeah. just as it started. So you had so, to be in a bar by midnight. Yeah. Otherwise you, were, you couldn't get in. Yeah. And um, Kelly's was the one that was a little bit more like yes. lenient, I think. And yes, that's right. Yeah. There, yeah. It was a wild in there. And I remember... I just made her what we went upstairs and they've got the Buck Hunter arcade game. Oh, you know the yeah. so I, <laughs> the I'm gun. a I'm a sucker for that game and I was just like sit down watch me and I was just like <laughs> shooting some bucks for a while. And then I was like you know what let's go downstairs and and mingle. All right, okay, I'm trying to I've avoided this enough. Let's go downstairs. <laughs> and I was like, how do I know? if I want to hook up with them, like, I don't want to hook up with anyone. Like, mm. I need to know a little bit about them. And I was like, what can we ask them that would really, um, that, you know, that I, they have to like. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, Radiohead, they're my favourite band. Of course. So I went up, well, me and Ailey went up to every guy that I thought was a bit attractive and I literally <laughs> said, hello, what's your favourite band? Is it Radiohead? Do oh you like God, Radiohead? Steph. Steph. This is, I know, it's so bad. And like, <laughs> it's so bad. some of them were like, oh, yeah, they're all right. And I was like, all right, no worries, bait. And then <laughs> just keep going around, um, went up to this one guy <laughs> He was like so attractive. That would have been such a weirdo. And I went out, I was like, is your favorite Ben Radiohead? And he goes, no, it's not. I actually really don't know any songs, but I really like Jimmy Barnes. And I was like, oh, fuck off. What the fuck? And he had a Jimmy Barnes shirt on. He's like, I just went to his concert. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And then I was like, I'm so let down. Like, I just don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Just Especially so, after being in a relationship for like five ex- years, I was so, you lose the skill. I had no skill at all. And then I was like, okay, I just have to find, I just got to get over it. And I saw in the bar probably the tallest man I have ever seen in my life. Like <laughs> I'm not even kidding, like at least seven and a half foot tall. Like, Holy shit, like, that is tall. Mind-blowing tall. And he was like, yeah, I would have been like 24 at the time. He was like yep. a little bit younger, maybe just like 21, 22. Oh, right. Okay. So he, he was, was huge. younger. Yeah. Right. He was, this guy was so tall. Um, and I was like, this is funny because I'm not tall at all. I'm like 5'3", no. I think, maybe 5'2". <laughs> yeah, both like, of us are very yeah, short. Very short. And I was yep. like, this is funny. And I walked up to him and I don't even know what I said, but he was instantly like, huh, yep, this is going to work. Um, and... I don't really remember much um, there, but <laughs> Ailey said that we were just like trashlingly making out in this bar, which I do not do. I'm not a public affection person, so this like actually 
disturbs me to think about this. But what I do remember is there was a dance floor and a really bad DJ and no Were you guys one was dry dancing. humping on the dance floor? We weren't dry humping, but we were slow dancing to the Peaches song, My Neck. My, my bag. bag. I'm not <laughs> my crap. <laughs> oh my god. And, and Amy was just like. <laughs> Holy shit. That is so that funny. So clearly going, this is hilarious. And because he was so tall, he kept like picking up. And I was like, this is so weird. This is so weird. And then. Like, they're starting to close the bar and he's like, oh, well, I guess I'm going back to your place then because I live in Olympic Park, which is like an hour and a half on the train. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck, all right. (laughs) And then then he looked at Ailey and he was like, so what, we're all going to, huh? And then Ailey was just pretending. She's like, no, I'm gay. My girlfriend's at home, which she's not. (laughs) And I was like, fuck, all right. And then then, uh, then we got home. And my ha- Ailey was messaging all the housemates before we got there. We were in the taxi back and she was like, Steph's bringing back a guy and he's really tall. And I was like, this is so bad. And I remember opening the front door and th- this is the good explanation of how tall he was. He had to actually duck down Bend to get down. Into, the do- into the front door. And I remember seeing my housemate Sam peek his head out of the bedroom and be like, <laughs> duck back in. And I was like, oh, it's so bad. And then everyone just, like, went into their rooms, closed the door, and then I just let him into my room, and I was like, what am I doing? And I was like, this is so embarrassing. Now, there's so many, like, details here, which I do not even want to say because it was so fucking cringe. But, like, pretty much I was like, okay, we're going to have sex, I assume. This is how it happens. We're just going to have sex. But he told me he couldn't have sex because he ate Two packets of no dose <laughs> before I got to the bar, which are like caffeine pills. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, is something wrong? Because he just wasn't getting hard. And he was like, oh no, it's, just, it's probably the no dose. And I was like, what is wrong with you? And oh then I just told him to go home. <laughs> It's like, please go. I just don't even know what I'm doing with my life anymore. It was so fucked up. Oh and I was God. like, this is the most embarrassing, like, biggest fat. And I literally didn't, like, hook up with any randoms until I met Dylan. And I just, like, latched onto him. I was like, don't fucking Save leave me. me again. I can't date. Holy shit. I literally have tears streaming down my face. So Why bad. So I don't know notice. his name. I literally don't know his name. I couldn't you didn't even know his name. No idea what his name is. I literally had him in my phone as tall man because he he put my his number in my phone, and he messaged me the week after going, "Do you want to have round two? And I threw oh, out my phone and got a new phone. It was like one of those shitty Nokia ones oh, at the time. I was like, "Nah, gone." God. Like. Oh. That is so funny. So, yeah. Why did he eat so much no-dos? Two packets. Now, I don't know if it's like the 12-pack or the 24-pack. It doesn't really fucking matter. It does not it's like matter. an overdose By amount the way, of no-dos. Too much no-dos. <laughs> yeah. So I used to do Irish dancing and mm. I would like 
as a kid, I would eat a shitload of like nodos to get me through like dancing oh my practice God. and to like give you, it would like give mm. energy and you have like three of those and you're peaking. Oh. Like you are munted. Yeah. It oh, made a lot of packets. sense because like the, I remember thinking like I was wasted and yeah. I thought he was wasted but then I was like, oh, he's on something. Oh, okay. Like he was so wired and right. but I didn't really, I was like, oh, I'm, you know, whatever. But I didn't realise until later when we got back and I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Like he was, like he was not going to sleep, first of all. He was not yeah. going to have sex at all okay. and he was just like. <laughs> That's like, so funny that he couldn't get not, it up. Because not at of- all. Not all, the and he was trying is. to like overcompensate, and like, oh and I was like, no, that is like, so awkward. It was so awkward. It was any. Oh, and I hate that. Another for you. weird detail that I will mention, but it was very strange. Like, he as soon as we got into my room, he grabbed one of my hair ties off the counter. I was like, "You need to tie your hair back." He's like, "I don't want your hair anywhere near me, like in my, oh my, in my face." God. And That's I was like, strange. "Like, he was very strange." I know that. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I hate. I don't like having my hair tied back. Yeah, and. He, like, full tight, like, back, like, a bun. Oh, that is so strange. And I was like, oh, red flag, red flag. But I just... Especially if there's someone that you just met, they're like, no, you need to do this thing. No, right? What <laughs> the fuck? Like, then, wait, did he do it for you or did you No, tie no, your... he he, made, he gave me the hair tie and was like, tie your hair back. What the fuck? And I, and I was just like, okay. This guy is probably still out there somewhere He's... being like, I had this amazing night with this, yeah. with this woman once upon yeah, a time he, at Kelly's. He really wanted to, to try and um make up for it, but I was like, I don't no. This was not this that's is not something that was horrible. gonna happen again. So well, yeah, that's my nightmare situation. That definitely sounds like a nightmare. Wow, that's what about you? God, I've got just too many. Oh my God, <laughs> too please. many. Please, to... okay, you're share some, please. <clears throat> I'll share a few of them. I won't share all of them. <laughs> <clears throat> so, the first, sorry, I've lost my voice because I was laughing too hard. <clears throat> the first, my first memory that uh, comes to mind when I think about nightmare dates was years ago yeah. when I was about 18 or so I was asked out on a date by this guy who was just kind of like a mutual friend mm. of someone else like we didn't we weren't really that close of friends and when he asked me out on the date and I said yes he was like cool meet me on the train um okay. at say like six o'clock we'll go out and we'll have some dinner mm-hmm. it'll be really nice blah 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 I was like fucking sweet sounds good. and yep yeah, sounds good and like so i was pretty young as well so i hadn't really gone out on right. dates yeah. that much uh before so i was like oh this is <clears> exciting <throat> a date and he was really nice mm. you know it was kind of cute and so get on the train at say what was it six o'clock mm. and meet up with him and we didn't really have any like solid plans as to where we were going yes. but he was like you know what let's just catch the train into Katoomba okay which for those listening who doesn't know the Blue Mountains Katoomba is like kind of upper Blue Mountains <clears throat> and I was like okay and I was starving because I oh. knew that we were going to be going out to dinner so I didn't really eat anything and I was just like oh, grumbly and I was 
so dressed up as well. Oh. I had my makeup done and or, like I did my makeup. I can I did imagine. My hair, I can imagine. Yeah. Looking tizzy, you know, looking tizzy. Yeah. <laughs> so we catch a train from where we got on to Katoomba, which is what, like a 20 minute train trip. And we get off the train station. And the first thing he does is he says, let's just go to the bottle shop. I want to get something to drink. And I thought that we're going to be picking up maybe like a bottle of wine to go with dinner. Yeah. Oh, no. He went out and got himself a pack of fucking Bundy rum tinnies. And then we sat outside the bottle shop for like an hour and a half while he got wasted. He just sat there drinking his tinnies of Bundy rum. And I was just like... What? What's going on? What? Yeah. And I was like, let's like, what are we doing? Should we go eat something? I'm really hungry. And back then I was a little bit more like passive. So I wasn't yeah. just like, hey, oh, what the yeah. fuck is Being going that on? Young, I would have been the same. Yeah. And like my first kind of ish date, you know. <laughs> kind oh of my ish. God. And I'm sitting there and he got fucking wasted. He got so drunk just sitting on this brick wall outside the bottle shop. And which I bottle was like, shop was it? Okay, so you know the bottle shop that do you know where Woolworths oh. Woolies is? It's like opposite Woolies. Oh, so it's like okay. a I don't know what uh, what the name is, but mm-hmm. it's like your regular chain bottle shop. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, he finished getting fucking plastered outside the bottle, and then did he offer you any? Uh, no. He didn't okay. offer me any. Right. I didn't have a sip. I did not have a sip to drink. He mm. just sat there getting drunk. And we walked up and down Katoomba Street, which is the main street of Katoomba, trying to figure out what we wanted to do. Yeah, it's got all like the bars go. and restaurants and stuff. And you, you're just walking yep. up and down, looking at everyone else eating. Oh, <laughs> my God. I was so fucking oh hungry. I would have just gone anywhere. But he was like, no, I don't know. I don't know what we should do. And then he was like, let's get back on the train. We'll go somewhere else and we'll find somewhere else to go um, and we'll have better luck there. So we got on the train and we caught the train all the way to Penrith. To which Penrith? Is what, like 45, 45 minutes yep. away from where we were. Got to Penrith and first thing he does is <laughs> go to the bottle shop and get more booze. No. Yes. Um, and then while we're in Penrith, he decided to call up a mate and be like, hey, you should come, I'm in Penrith, you should come what meet up with fuck? me. And so his mate came along and his mate who was a fucking lad, like, yeah. super, like super lad, yeah. um, same thing in Penrith, we're just walking around trying to, like he was getting wasted, trying oh. to figure out like um, what we're going to do, where we're going to go, where we're going to eat. And by this point, it's like nine at night. Yeah. Because we've been just walking around catching trains for like hours. And then he was like, oh, I don't know. Let's just get back on the train. And we'll just get on the train and see where we end up. Fucking hell. Got back on the train. And then we just ended up, it's like 10 o'clock at night now. We end up back at our original train Mm. stop where we got on to meet up with each other. And I was like pissed, like not drunk. I was angry and yeah. by this point i was like this was supposed to be a beautiful date you've just fucked me around the whole time you, you are wasted he was so drunk d- i don't know 
Anyway, he could tell that I was upset. He was like, let me pay for your taxi home. Let's just go to the ATM. I'll get some money out. You can pay for it. Uh, I'll pay for a taxi for you to go home. And I was like, it's fine. I'm just going to get someone to pick me up. Like, no problem. (laughs) Don't pay for my taxi. He was like, no, 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 no. Come over to the ATM and I'll get, (sighs) get some money out. Anyway, got to the ATM. And instead of being a regular person and putting his can of Bundy rum down while he was on the ATM, he decided to put it between his teeth, like in his jaw while he was on the ATM. And (laughs) so he was doing what he needed to on the ATM. By this point, I'd already call like message someone to pick me up or called someone to pick me up and so i think it was like my dad or someone was on the way gets his money tries to take the can out of his mouth Mm. and it's stuck the can Mm. is stuck in his jaw because you know it's a fucking dumbass thing to do i uh, (laughs) he (laughs) proceeds to lose his fucking shit he was like how am i gonna get he was like trying to pull his can out of his mouth he was like i can't get it out can't get it out he was like freaking out and by this point i think it was my dad like turned up to take me home and he was like can you take me to the hospital i need to i can't get this thing out of my mouth and i was like fucking righto whatever and we drove him to the hospital to get this can out of his mouth. That so, is so embarrassing. So embarrassing. It was a, it was pretty bad. I was pretty angry and hungry and upset and he was drunk yeah. and fucking dislocated and <laughs> So the whole circle like the whole opening yes, of like the can. like the rim, the whole rim that of the can was stuck in his mouth. I know. Very impressive. Oh, yeah. He's got skills. Okay. He's got skills. Yep. So that's my kind of – that's the thing that comes to my mind, like, first of all, when I think of bad dates. Yeah. That is – (laughs) Yes. Do you know who he is still? Do I know him? He's in the mountains. I don't know if you would have met him, Mm. but, uh, yeah, he's in the mountains. You might have seen him around. That's very special. That's – And he was so drunk. He was so fucking drunk and – like, I wonder if he even, like, thinks about that. Like, because obviously for you, that's, like, so shit. I, I just, know. I, I know. Would... I think I've told so many people about this story. That is, that oh, is yeah. so funny. That is big. so funny. But, like, shit. It's you, very obviously. shit. I've also had, this one isn't as detailed, so it's mm. not as, as drawn out of, of a story. But I once mm. dated someone who every time, it was a very short-lived date, a few mm-hmm. weeks and mm-hmm. using the term daily loosely. Okay. Um, every time we spoke, every time we were in conversation, he would uncontrollably gag. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> because he was so anxious. He was a really anxious person. And so we would be talking and he would just uncontrollably gag. Like gag, so, like one gag? Or was it just like constantly like... Oh, no. So I would be talking at him and he would be, like, gagging and I just have to ignore it. Wow. That sucks. Oh, that, yeah. He that, was, oh, fucking hell, I've got a million stories from that guy. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit of a weird <laughs> dude. That is so funny. 
<laughs> oh god okay well i think we've started this off to a very good start <laughs> okay start. like if anyone please if anyone's <laughs> listening that has had really fucking weird stories like this about dates or please tell us weird things please tell us we have speakpipe speakpipe yes. is where you can actually record your messages and we will play them like we'll play we them. you yeah. can be anonymous anonymous you can the read them yeah. out as well yep. and be anonymous yep. if you want to just type it out but i love this shit i, <laughs> like... I live with this shit. it's so i am such a like gossip i'm not a gossip queen but i love mm. hearing about people's shit yeah me too i love oh it's i so love everyone else's fun. drama but i don't want my own. my own drama yeah, yeah especially I mean, when it involves all. like a seven foot fucking oh. no dose addict <laughs> yeah whoever he is hopefully he's not listening but anyway anyway um, i want to i want to hear your story i want to hear your story <laughs> okay cool this one's this one's gonna be really fun um okay so <laughs> i don't know how i'm gonna fucking tell this i honestly don't know so as a you know it's valentine's day so um what can possibly be more romantic than losing your virginity to an alien oh that is like peak romance i know right <laughs> It's just, it's so good. Oh, beautiful. So this is a story about David Huggins, and he's had a relationship with an alien. Mm-hmm. Sexy. Uh, he, yeah. Oh, <laughs> mm, very sexy. And he's very open about all of this and all of his encounters that he's had. I absolutely love all of this due to how detailed his encounters are. And also, he's an artist. So he oh. paints all of his experiences and it it brings it to a whole other level when you look at his artworks and you hear about what happened. That's like fun. alien porn. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Cool. I'm into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about David a bit. So he's currently in his mid to late 70s, lives in Hoboken, New Jersey. He was born in 1944 in Georgia out mm. in the farming area. Farming area, field, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck, agriculture, <laughs> okay. farmland. Yep, farmlands. <clears throat> yeah, we go. <laughs> there we go. There's yeah, something yeah. that works. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, his parents sounded super horrible, both alcoholics, mm. super abusive to David. They were fighting 24-7, so just like shit fest. And his parents would also force him to go to an evangelical Baptist church every now and again, and David mm. knew he wasn't religious in any way, so he was being forced to go pretty much. He would spend his days wandering around the fields in his area looking for old arrowheads when he was Ooh. quite young. That's what okay. he would do. So his first encounter would happen while he was doing this. He was eight years old and he was resting under a tree when he heard David behind you. So he turns around and there's a little hairy creature coming towards him. Hairy. Yeah. Ooh. He said it had large yellow glowing eyes and he thought it was the boogeyman. <laughs> The painting he did of this actually looks really fucking cute. It's like a little Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. it's adorable. It's so cute. But I guess if you saw it in real life, it would be it would be fucking terrifying. Yeah. But it's like a little teddy bear. It looks really cute. Um, yeah, but he mentioned for a second that when he was looking at it, he all of a sudden 
could see through the eyes of the creature looking at David. Oh, yeah. that's like a telepathic kind yeah, of thing happening. Yeah, it was like happening. Yeah, okay. super fucking weird and he like mm-hmm. freaked out and then he mm. just snapped out of it and just ran off. Crazy. Yeah. A year later, he was wandering around a barn to get a baseball bat and he heard a noise on the other side and he walked over to see what it was. Standing next to the barn was a giant insect being that looked very similar to a praying mantis. David screamed and then it sprayed him with a bluish liquid that he said started to evaporate really quickly. Yeah, yeah, super weird. So he would start to feel as though he was being continuously watched. He started seeing things in the sky he couldn't explain and no one else in his family was seeing anything like this. A couple years later, he was wandering around a field collecting arrowheads, as he always did, and he saw about seven or eight little grey aliens jump from the sky into the field. They looked straight at him and started to run towards him. David started running towards his house to hide and he looked under the house as it was on pillars and he could see the legs on the other side of the house and they were just like standing there. Yeah, but they didn't end up finding him and he saw them walk away. Later that night, though, he would wake up to see those same aliens outside his bedroom window. They came into his room and took him outside. They flew up in a spacecraft together and he was placed inside a very well-lit room. A very large woman comes in holding a long metal rod and then the grey alien behind him holds his head back while she inserts the rod into his nose. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah, into his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Not there yet. Uh, (laughs) David is very certain that she placed something in there like a tracking device. Okay. He said it was very painful and his nose started to bleed. He said he actually told the woman, you're hurting me, and then she held his head really tightly and then the pain all disappeared when she told him that. Yeah. He would continuously be taken by these small grey beings and throughout his childhood he was scared at the start from them being later. Oh, hang on. He would continuously be taken by these small grey alien (laughs) beings throughout his childhood. (laughs) He was scared at the start from them but later realised that they were not hostile towards him. David says he got the impression they were workers. He never liked seeing the hairy creature as his eyes were really intense. He would see another alien being that looked more human-like but had a large knob on the top of its head. Oh, like a Teletubby. Like a Teletubby. (laughs) Yes, there's a painting on it. Yeah, so it looks like a Teletubby. Okay. Yeah, it's like a little nodule thing. Um, And he felt that he was the one that was in charge of everything. So he was the big, the boss man. Okay. Um, The praying mantis-like creature would usually always be present. Uh, He was a little scared of him and he states that the creature would always talk to him like a little kid. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty creepy. He mentions seeing many different types of crafts, Mm. some that are big bright lights, some are completely dark and some are saucer-shaped. And when these were around, the silence was crazy. It was like being in a vacuum, he said. 
Now for the very special being that makes an entrance, Crescent. He must be about 17 years old walking through the woods. He sees a woman sitting under a tree and then she gets up and walks towards him. He said he became very aroused and oh, couldn't okay. get his pants off fast enough. No. He falls back that was on the unexpected. ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're in it now. <laughs> he falls back <laughs> on the ground and she gets on top of him and they start having sex. Oh. As he's about to climax, he describes it as very intense, almost painful, and he looks her in the eyes and then he passes out. Oh. So this is one of the very first artworks he's painted. It's this scene of him in the woods. It's actually, I've actually bought the painting, so. Oh, (laughs) really? It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds pretty fascinating. It's like landscape, wood, wooded, like, field, Mm. and then just a clearing in the middle, and he's just, like, naked, like, on the ground. It's just, like, this alien woman on top of him. Cool. I'm Mm. into that. (laughs) It's really nice, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, he later woke up by himself in the woods, pants down, no one around him, so he quickly got up and left. (laughs) This experience seemed like it really left an imprint on him, as it would. Mm -hmm. He knew he was different already, but this encounter made it much more real. He didn't have the support of his family with these experiences and also Mm. his hobby, which was to be an artist. David was obsessed with painting and drawing, and he got tired of living in Georgia with nothing to gain from it anymore. At 19 years old, he wrote a letter to his parents saying he was moving to New York City for art school. He packed his bags and he left straight away. Didn't say goodbye. Oh, we didn't say goodbye. No, just fucking left. <laughs> no, he, he was, was like, no, nah, if I was to stay, they would have tried to yeah, yep. try to convince yep. him. So yep. he just tried wrote to a letter. Yep. Yeah. <coughs> he would start to have dreams nearly every night of a woman that looked very much like Crescent. Mm. The dreams were all black except for her. He could only see her face and her eyes were closed. When he would wake up in the morning, he would hear a voice say, we will be back tonight. Mm. He started to lose his mind as he couldn't be sure if this was actually a dream or if this was really happening. Oh, yeah, you would question reality, like, yes. hard. Oh, he had no one to talk to about this as well. Mm. And one afternoon when he finished art class, he was walking home and picked up a little bouquet of flowers that he thought he would leave for the woman. He left them on the table in his room saying to himself, these are for you. Mm. When he woke up the next morning, the flowers are gone. He now knew this was real. So he never felt violated by these visits and he was actually starting to look forward to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, he would actually start to clean his house, wash the dishes, and start like preparing every night because they were coming. Oh, it's, it's just... like the honeymoon period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> he said it was kind of like he knew he was going on a date even though he wasn't leaving his house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I guess the way he describes Crescent, so she's – large like she's uh, around seven feet tall oh so okay a very i was imagining person. small like yeah small little thing so the thing is with the women they're all they're all very large real taller than him so okay. seven maybe a bit more 
foot tall. I love that mm-hmm. he doesn't give a shit whether his woman oh, is she's... taller than him. Yeah, she could snap him in a second. Like, it's awesome. incredible. Yeah. Sexy. Yeah, oh, yeah. She's got the body of a human. Mm-hmm. So she looks very human-like, but she has very long fingers and her nails were very long. Mm-hmm. However, her face would look much paler than the rest of her body mm-hmm. and a little bit more grey alien-like. Okay. It's kind of a little bit strange looking. Um, she had black shoulder-length hair with a fringe and huge dark black eyes. Mm-hmm. Her nose and her mouth were also just a little bit smaller okay. as well. So David has a large amount of paintings of all these nightly experiences with Crescent. He felt very comfortable with her, but sometimes he would feel a little strange. Every time Crescent would visit him, the praying mantis creature would always be there. Right. Yes. And that's kind of like the one that is a little little bit more scary. Yes. He's he's not sure about him. Mm -hmm. And he's always just standing off to the side of the room. He's kind of like creepy man. Like he's like, "Mm." Yeah, it's kind of like the pimp a little bit. Yeah, yes. Giving like pimp vibes a little bit. (laughs) Pimpy manis, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, every time (laughs) every time they have sex. Or every time she's there, he's there, like, all the time. Mm. Um, But, yeah, he also said that every time they would have sex, he would be on the bottom, she would be on the top because Mm -hmm. he's paralysed. Oh, he can't move. He cannot move. I mean, I'm liking the sound of this. Yeah, yeah. It's not too bad so far. He's he's got it pretty good. Apart from Pimpy Mantis. Yeah, Pimpy Mantis. Bit of a downfall. But other than that. Yeah. (laughs) His paintings of the... (laughs) The paintings of human crescent having sex, I think they're really, like, interesting and really beautiful. But then when you see the fucking mantis in the background, he's always, like, just in the background, like, without doubt. He's always Every there. Every time. And you're just, like, Pippi looking at it. Oh, that's there. beautiful. Oh, Jesus, he's there again. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Ruin a good thing. Yeah, I know. It's so fucking weird. Oh. But, yeah, by this point, you could call Crescent his girlfriend, <clears throat> even though the only interaction they ever had was sex. <laughs> the other girls in his art class wouldn't even seem interested in him at all. He only ever went on one date with someone, and the rest of them, they just literally did not seem bothered mm. in him. Uh, but he didn't really mind because he was completely satisfied <laughs> by this point. Yeah. He was like, well... Crescent has it all. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, oh, well, I tried, but whatever. Now, one day he was painting in his house when Crescent appeared through a portal and she was very upset. Hmm. She says, David, the baby is dying. Oh, no. And he goes, baby? What baby? <laughs> I didn't know about the baby. Oh, the yeah. plot thickens. <laughs> After a bit of hesitation, she let David into the portal to show him the baby. She gets the baby out of a container that I mean, she's keeping it in. No wonder the baby's dying. Yeah, all right. And she's literally holding the baby in front of her like this, <laughs> like just dangling. It's like he said the baby was just dangling. It was very thin, very weak. It wasn't moving at all. Mm. Um, it looked like a human baby, but its head was a little bit more, you know, alien-like. Okay. Um, the praying mantis creature is very upset that David's there. He walks over and he goes, no, you, you cannot be here. 
you can't be here. Uh-uh. And no, he's no. like, uh-uh, you shouldn't be in this portal. And then David ignores him and he walks over to the baby. That was lifeless. And he touches the baby and an electric spark between the two happen and the baby starts moving. And all is good. And the insect being is like, oh, my fucking God, this is amazing. <laughs> and he goes, you need to follow me. And then he leads David into a room that is filled with babies. With babies, I fucking knew it. Yep. <laughs> I knew yep. there was going to be a baby room. And, and then he says, these are all yours. <gasps> all really? of these babies are yours. And David goes around and literally is like touching, touching all the babies. Them all. Yeah, yeah. All the babies. Yeah. So he's got like hundreds of kids. He's got the Midas touch. Yeah. <laughs> so David would have experiences day and night, mm. but most of them he would forget. Then they would leave him alone. Years. He would start to live a more normal life. He ended up getting married and had a child named Michael. In August 1987, some of the memories had started to return. He would feel that they were that there were creatures lurking around the house. He could start seeing shadows moving fast. He knew there was a presence in the house, but he never saw who it was. Mm-hmm. He became incredibly fragile as he couldn't talk to anyone about this. Mm. He ended up buying the book Intruders, The Incredible Visitations at Copley Woods by Bud Hopkins. And uh, as he was reading this book, he realised all these situations had happened to him. Mm. So it's another story about abductions. Okay. He could not believe how accurate this book was. And the woman that was mentioned in that book was Crescent. He said, this is exactly who Crescent is, and he freaked out. So it was at this time that, like, he really started to realise what, what happened. A few months after reading this book, David and his wife would get a divorce. Oh. She, yes. She knew there was something different about him. He tried to explain what was going on and she called him crazy and mm. she didn't want to hear about anything <clears throat> he had to say. Um, that's when they both knew it was going to be over. This is when he actually started to paint these experiences. So before he wasn't, he was just doing his normal painting of normal things and then he started to be like, okay, I'm going to try and paint this. David said this was the best thing he could have done. He started to sleep properly Mm. and while he paints particular situations, it would trigger other memories he's had. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like a therapy. Yeah, absolutely. And these paintings are amazing. Mm. There is one (laughs) which is a scene that you will never unsee. I made Dylan (laughs) look at it. He is standing at a little table and he's completely naked and these large women are naked as well and they're around him and they're making him ejaculate into a little bowl and then in the background there is also more women aliens and the praying mantis is there of course of course he's there it's it's incredible it's incredible that sounds amazing that'll definitely be one of the show notes it's like alien hustler or like alien playboy yeah yeah (laughs) but make it hardcore why doesn't that exist That was so good. Well, it does, right here. Oh, I mean, true, it does, yeah. Oh. So now he does make this clear that he was very traumatised by these events mm-hmm. um, as it would have been extremely difficult having this happen throughout your life and you're not able to talk to anyone about it. Plus, he didn't know if these were actually dreams or not. Once he finally figured out it was real, 
and started painting, he started to calm down and be able to come to terms with what Mm. was actually happening. When his son Michael was young, he would tell him that he has many half-brothers and sisters, but he doesn't know where they are. (laughs) You can actually say that to him. Okay, Dad, sure. And Michael had a pretty normal childhood considering what his dad's gone through, but he doesn't, he said he didn't really remember like a pinpoint moment of when his dad started talking about this. It was just always there, mm-hmm. but he never questioned anything. He actually just accepts that this is, this is part of his hmm. life and this happened to him. Okay. And David, so he's been working at the same deli down the road from his house for about 30 years. His boss a hundred percent believes his story as David comes across as a very genuine person. Mm. He's incredibly friendly, approachable, and he lives a quiet life. He has never tried to force people to believe his story. He currently lives in Hoboken in a little tiny townhouse. It's a very modest house. He only works one shift a week and he just paints all the time, constantly painting. Mm. He also is writing a movie script. Uh, movie script on his experiences as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, which he says is, is just as therapeutic as his painting if he writes it by hand. So yep. he's written the whole thing by hand. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And his lounge room, so his his lounge room is incredible. It is filled with like over a thousand VHS sci-fi movies. It is awesome. It's like going wow. into like Blockbuster back in the day. Oh, the nostalgia. Yeah. He actually started to collect them after his ex- he came to terms with his experiences because it would start to bring back a lot of memories. Mm. So he likes looking at those yeah, films. Yeah, that's really interesting. It seems yeah. like it's like the memories are there, but they're almost like semi-repressed. Yes, like they he are. Has memories There's some things that... he remembers more than others because mm-hmm. he's now aware that they're happening. So right, right, right. So he's almost like able to. Think yeah. of that and then bring on other memories, I guess. Yeah, I it's yeah, it's interesting. But um yeah, I guess David doesn't know why he was chosen as well. Um he doesn't claim to be an interesting person or have anything special. <laughs> it's important to note that he's not the only one that has had these experiences. We know that there are thousands of people out there that have had very similar stories. What I find interesting about David's is that he's creative and this has given him Mm. the chance to try and relive these moments. Um, Some people can have very, very traumatic events happen to them and they'll try to suppress what happened, um, which I can totally understand. Mm. Um, However, David was intrigued by it all. He wanted to know more. He was led to that book um, and everything started to unfold from there. But I really encourage everyone to watch. There is a short film made of him called Love and Sources, and it's only a few dollars. And mm. um, I watched it, and it's incredible. Like, you, you, it's just such a – it really gives you a good picture of who he was. He's, like, the most genuine person. Yeah. He, such a small um, group of friends and – uh, yeah, you can, you can you'll start to see that there's not really a motive for him to tell these stories other than p- his personal growth. Mm. Um, he doesn't make really much money from his paintings at all. He still works. He doesn't go out of his way to tell his story to people either unless they ask. So he's mm. really not made a bunch. But it's just something that he's wanting to share with other people and if they've had the same experience to, like, come forward. But, um, you know. 
I believe David Huggins. I think it's really fascinating and definitely watch a documentary because it's amazing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, That's the story of David Huggins. Very interesting. First of all, he has a very adorable last name. Mm. Huggins, very suitable for Valentine's Day. (laughs) True. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. He sounds like a super almost like down-to-earth guy. So, like, yeah, sounds definitely. Very, very, gen- very, very, like, modest and humble, mm-hmm. just from what you've said. He really is. And that's yeah, definitely yeah. a good start if you're going to claim that um, you've had an encounter yeah. with aliens. He's hardly because... done any, like, there's only a few articles really about his experience. He's got, gone on a couple of, like, day, like, night those chat mm. shows but oh but he's not like making money off no interviews no and they always and... make out that he's like a crazy person and he's just like mm. i don't really want to do any of this you know yeah, so it seems pretty um, sane I yeah guess, you know yeah i love oh, it super interesting I, mm. i've never heard of a like alien person love story i've heard of like yes alien encounters yes. where they like do yeah, things to you to take all your DNA or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, not you know something like this. Oh, super interesting! Yeah, perfect for Valentine's Day. I've known about this story for ages, and I was like, I've got to find the right time. And I was like, Oh my god, it's perfect like, for Valentine's Day. It's perfect. Yeah, it's very. It I'm always makes you your it. heart feel warm. Mm. You know, like you. It's a nice one. It is quite nice. nice. Mine is very different. Mine As always. Is, brutal and a little bit yes. sad okay that's fine that's fine but very very interesting my story is kind of like half history half ghosty mm-hmm. paranormal shit so okay, i have no idea no no because i didn't give you my hint you gave no. me your hint this week so yeah. steph has no idea what i'm going to be talking about so 500 years ago there was mm. a woman who died in fact, she was put to death, and she was put to death by the man that she loved. Mm-hmm. And this woman, you could say, was the original jilted lover, or at least one of the most memorable definitions of being a jilted lover. She was put to death on May 19th, 15. 15- 36, which mm. is, in fact, my birthday. Oh. The day in the month, not the year. I'm not that old. Yeah. Uh, and okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and she was put to death by the man she was married to and devoted her whole married life to. Her name was Anne Boleyn, and her husband's name was King Henry the eighth, who is one of history's biggest assholes, if we're yes. going to be honest about it. Have you, do you know much about Anne Boleyn and King Henry the eighth? Is he the one that had heaps of wives and would kill all of his wives? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. He yeah, was yeah. a bit weird like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Her name rings a bell, but I'm, I, I feel like the only thing I know is that he's had... He had a bunch of wives, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just... But that's all I know. ...got rid of a bunch of them. So... Yeah. Anne Boleyn wasn't the only wife of Henry's that was Mm -hmm. put to death, actually, and by beheading two, one of his other eight wives, Catherine Howard, was uh, was also brutally beheaded. 
Ugh. Henry definitely had a keen taste for the sword, or in some cases, the axe. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he was a lover, of, lover of the chop-chop. Mm. Uh, although, out of his eight wives, Anne Boleyn was the one mm. that really left a mark throughout history, right. and she was the wife that left the heaviest impact on the court as well oh. as the country of England. Okay. So I'm going to give a rundown of Anne and King Henry before I actually explain why I'm talking about these two lovers in mm-hmm. the first place. So Anne Boleyn was Queen of England from 1533 to 1536, which is the same year that she was executed in 1536. <sighs> She made her way into the court by obtaining the position of maid of honour, which is also called lady-in-waiting, to Henry's current wife at the time, Catherine of Aragon. Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was right up there. That's so weird. Yeah. As Anne spent more time around the queen and around the court, Henry started to notice her. And he soon became obsessed. (laughs) Henry was absolutely fascinated by Anne. Day and night, he could not stop thinking about her. And he soon began his pursuit of Anne in 1526. He tried everything in his power and wealth to seduce her, but Anne refused to become his mistress Mm. and rejected his attempts, at least until he annulled his marriage to the Queen, Catherine of Aragon, which, go girl. Like, yeah. um, yeah. (laughs) Go you good thing. (laughs) So Henry got to work, toot sweet, putting into place what needed to be done to divorce uh, Queen Catherine so that he and Anne Boleyn could marry. And just as a side note, Queen Catherine, his current wife at the time, she was one incredible woman. She was intelligent, wise, popular, beautiful, with a very powerful family. Hmm. Catherine and Henry had also, they'd been together for a really long time, 24 years. Wow. And up until Henry noticed Anne, they were in a very close marriage, and they both really loved each other. So back in those days, to annul from your marriage, you first needed permission from the Pope after providing a pretty damn convincing reason as to why you wanted to do so. As times back then were very religious and divorce was a big no-no, you really had to, like... Got to convince the big man upstairs. Convince the big man. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so when Pope Clement the Seventh mm. refused an annulment, an annulment, Henry was pissed, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And this guy was basically just one big man baby, and he <laughs> hated people saying no to him. Uh, So after the refusal of his annulment to Catherine of Aragon, in true Henry Tantrum style, the king and his advisers brought a heavy arm down upon the Catholic Church of his country, 
as an attempt to basically destroy the whole institution as Mm -hmm. it was part of the Catholic faith that divorce was not allowed. So basically he was like, this religion doesn't um, allow me a divorce. I'm going to destroy this religion. Yeah. Um, Wow. Okay. Go on my business. Yeah. Uh, He then went on to form the Church of England, which did allow divorce. Mm. All of this so that he could divorce Catherine and marry Anne. Yeah. And I'll just quickly mention too that Henry was absolutely a devout Catholic his whole life. Up until this point, the only reason he brought the downfall of Catholicism in England was to get some of that sweet, and ball in, puss puss, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so after all this, Anne and Henry finally wed in 1533. Yep. And a few months later, Anne was crowned Queen of England. Lovely. Lovely, lovely. Lovely, yeah. jobly. Henry, by this point, was still just totally obsessed with Anne, and he thought, she was just the duck's guts and truly thought she was the most amazing woman he'd ever met. Mm. He was <laughs> smitten, like a little schoolboy. Yeah, right. They eventually had a daughter together who would be the future Queen Victoria oh. of England. Okay. Who, in her own right, left an incredible mark on history. Henry was disappointed that he hadn't been given a son yet, but he still very much Mm. loved Anne and held hopes for a son and male heir to his throne eventually. Mm. This was until Anne had a string of miscarriages, three in total, Mm. as well as one stillbirth of Mm. what was a baby boy. Uh Uh-oh. Still not giving him... uh, Still not giving birth to a surviving male heir. Yeah. And again, Henry was pissed. Yeah. He had another big boy tantrum and his eye started to wander again. Mm. The same way it wandered to Anne when he was with Catherine of Aragon. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy oh is just my a God. fucking shit guy. He's a shit yeah. guy. Henry had his sights on a woman named Jane Seymour who, just like Anne, refused to be Henry's mistress and would only be with him once he divorced Anne. So I'm really glad that the women in this story have some fucking wits about them, you know, when they're around King Henry. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. Uh, Yeah, and again, Henry had to come up with a reason to annul from his wife who he used to love so much Mm. that he could just basically be with his latest crush, essentially. Oh, my God. (laughs) And the way that he did this, how did he make this happen? In April of 1536, he had Anne Boleyn investigated for high treason, one of the worst crimes you could be accused of. Whoa. And on 2nd of May, she was arrested and sent to the Tower of London. She was tried before a jury, which included a couple of her own family members and even... What the fuck? Oh, yeah. And even her ex-fiancé, which, to be fair, was also 
a family member of hers. Her cousin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was different times, man. It was different times, man. Yeah. <laughs> she oh. was accused of incest with her brother, adultery okay. with other men of the royal court, mm-hmm. conspiracy to commit treason, and mm-hmm. also witchcraft. Oh, yeah. Witchcraft, of course, has to be in there, you know. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is crazy. All of which were pretty much false accusations. Mm -hmm. And so Henry could marry Jane Seymour, even though for a while there had already been rumours within the court of Anne's Mm -hmm. actions Henry definitely used these as a tool to get her off the throne and onto the chopping block. And that's all they basically were, just rumours that we know were pretty much just bored tales from the people of court. So it just got to a point where um, Anne became a little bit unpopular with the people of court because she was quite radical as well and... Mm. um, she really had like a hand over Henry, and people didn't like that, so they started making rumors. And oh my god, yeah, poor like, Anne. I know she was such a sweetheart. <laughs> so even though there was absolutely no evidence whatsoever, Anne Boleyn was found guilty on the fifteenth of May, and was executed by beheading four mm. days later. Four days. Four days later. Mm. What is weirdly seen as a last act of love and affection, Henry ordered one of the best known executioners from France to carry out her execution. Wow. As it was known that beheadings in those days were brutal, bloody, and often took a few whacks to actually remove the head. It wasn't one foul swoop. Yeah. He had to really... Go yeah, when it, I found you know. that out for a long time ago, I was like, that is so disturbing. <laughs> so fucked. Imagine yeah. if you didn't die straight away. Like they just straight break away your neck and then yeah. you're just alive with a cracked neck. And just... your head's just being hacked, yeah, hacked yeah. off. Like, oh. Horrible. But the executioner beheaded her in one stroke of his sword. Uh, but she was denied by Henry a queen's burial. Oh, And wow. was instead buried next to her own brother, who was also executed over the allegations. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So even though he had this last final act of love and affection oh by having her properly beheaded, he refused to give her hmm. a queen's burial, which was very important back then, yeah. you know. So hmm. Anne Boleyn, she really was truly in love with Henry and she was so dedicated to him their marriage and trying to give him a male heir experiencing many physically and emotionally painful miscarriages in the process Mm. also sadly including that stillbirth of a little boy which probably was another contributing factor in henry's growing spite towards Anne, because Back in those days, it was, like, essential that you produce a male heir. And she got close, but no Mm -hmm. bueno. She stood by him in court and helped him with the planning and constructions of buildings and gave him advice alongside his advisors on political choices. She did what she could do to boost his morale and his image within the court and also 
to the people of England as well. She really loved him. And at one yeah. point, he really loved her too. He mm. would have ha- he would have he would have moved mountains to be with her, and he literally formed his own religion so that yes. they could be together. This guy is insane. nuts. He's absolutely nuts. It's like he's completely forgotten what he did at the, st- at the start. Yeah, he's literally like a schoolboy just jumping from yeah. girl to girl. Put him in the trash. Oh, yeah, throw him in the trash. The whole Throw Ooh. the whole man in the trash. Mm-hmm. So it was actually known that Henry was like a little schoolboy towards Anne, showering yeah. her with little intricate uh, trinkets, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful paintings, cloths made with strands of gold and silver, as well oh. as exotic black satins and pieces Jeez. of exquisite jewellery. <laughs> they would meet together under trees in secret and court each other, which, despite how shit Henry was, mm. this is still a little bit cute, I think. Mm. Um, they would send messages to each other and um, like little paintings of each other, and it was yeah. Oh, that's so cute. It's very lovely. Also, fucking hell. I know. <laughs> Red flag, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I would love to get a, a painting of Dylan. I know. Like, <laughs> oh, if he was like to paint a picture of me or something, that would be so funny. <laughs> oh, I'll give him a little hint for yeah, your birthday. Please, please. Oh my god. And so. Why am I talking about Anne Boleyn? (laughs) It's been reported by many different people that Anne's ghost has been seen all around the country in homes and palaces that she's known to have resided and other locations like London Tower, which Mm -hmm. is the place she was kept before her trial and execution. Yeah. And she's even been seen as a headless ghost. Oh, mm-hmm. creepy, creepy, mm. and it's very uh, royal of her, I think, yes. to appear as a headless ghost. That's so cool. Yeah, people think that she is still not at rest after what her husband did to her, mm-hmm. and she's still wandering around our realm, looking for Henry and trying to be with him again, as well as seeking justice and an answer as to why this happened to her. As I mentioned, Anne has been seen as a headless ghost, and this has been reported way more than once. Right. Oh, yeah. It's said that Anne returns every year on May 19th, the anniversary of her execution. Uh-huh. As night falls, Anne Boleyn's ghost rides up to the entrance of Blickling Hall, which was her birthplace. Mm. in a spectral horse-drawn carriage while she's sitting in the carriage covered in blood and holding her head. Wow. This has been reported many times that she has been seen on May 19th, like this anniversary of her death. Mm -hmm. On this date, she'll also be seen... On this date, she'll also be seen wandering the halls of the manor, sometimes crying and screaming. Yeah, and other times she's seen just peering out a window. Another place that Anne has been seen headless is at Hampton Court, Mm 
Mm-hmm. And when she's seen here, she has always manifested in one of her famous blue or black dresses that she would often wear. Oh, yeah, a she, black dress. Yeah, she was known for her style and her jewellery mm. and her beautiful dresses. She was very ahead of the times at the royal yeah. court. So Hampton Court was a place that was really loved by Anne and Henry. Okay. They would have parties here, play tennis, go hunting, and just enjoy the gardens. Yeah. It's believed that when she's seen here, she's wandering around the manor again, looking for Henry. Another, pl- which is so heartbreaking That's because so Henry's sad. such an asshole. Yeah. But she might be doing it to try and chop off his head. Hopefully, because that's what he's like. Blowing. Where are you? Oh yeah, yeah. That's what he <laughs> deserves. Another place that is infamous for having numerous sightings of the headless queen is Rockford Hall. So Rockford Hall in Essex is a manor house said mm-hmm. to be where King Henry VIII, he first cast his eyes on a young Anne Boleyn. Oh. The Boleyns, uh, uh, the Boleyn, fucking hell. <laughs> uh, the Boleyns uh, owned the home from 1515 a home claimed to be the setting of secret meetings between King Henry and Anne. There are even rumours of a secret tunnel system beneath the home. Oh, I love that. That Henry used as his discreet escape route from the house. Mm. I love secret tunnels. Oh, I know. Secret tunnels are so awesome. romantic tunnel, though. Yeah, yeah, a sexy tunnel. (laughs) The romance tunnel. Sexy tunnel, a love tunnel. (laughs) Uh, It's often said that in one particular room of the manor, you will start to feel an intense coldness, and this is the first sign that you're about to witness something not of this Mm. earth. Soon after this, Anne Boleyn will maybe just appear before you with her head not on her neck but being held in her arms, and she's almost always seen eerily briskly walking straight for you before disappearing into thin air. I hate that. I fucking hate that as well. It's the walking and the holding of the head. Yeah, that's too much. I would have I would have blacked out. I know. I don't I can imagine exactly what that brisk walk looks like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh fucking terrifying. And she's never just seen as headless. She's always holding her head. Which That's crazy. Maybe it is because if she wasn't holding her head, you don't know who it is. That's true. Anyway. It's like, yeah, that's the only way they can kind of tell. Who the fuck it is. Yeah. I was about to have a... (laughs) I just went to talk and have a drink at the same time. Have a drink. I'll just um, mention because my cats are in the background doing things. So if you're on video, you'll probably see my cats fighting. Is that Ernie? That's Ernie. He's just sitting next to the pot plant. Oh, he loves his pot plant. He's just, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> staring at it. It's all he's good. I do that staring. sometimes. Yeah. He all does right. That a lot. Back to the story. <laughs> so, where the fuck was I up to? Sorry. Okay. And in what sounds like something straight out of a horror film, 
an apparition of her headless body has been seen numerous times at Windsor Castle, running through the halls in the Dean's Cloister. Running? Yes, running around the bloody hallways. Which, I mean, if I had my head cut off, I'd probably do the same. Oh, God. So, yeah, she's running. Yeah, she's seen running through the halls in the Dean's Cloister whilst clutching her severed, screaming head. Mm. The mm-hmm. head is screaming and she's holding mm. the head. Yep. <laughs> so, more so than not, Anne is seen without her head. It seems that she definitely wants to make it known that she was, in fact, not very happy with the whole beheading situation, (laughs) and she would like to rectify this issue with the manager, please. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Windsor Castle, by the way, is actually where uh, the Queen Elizabeth that we have now, this is where she lives. This is the castle that she lives in. She doesn't live in Buckingham Palace? Uh, I think she she has multiple homes. She has a few different homes. Oh, yeah, 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 true she does. Windsor is one of them, but... Yeah, surely think, she lives in Buckingham. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, totally I think you're right. about Buckingham. You just stumped yeah. me then for a second. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's true. No, but I, I think you're right because I did go to Buckingham Palace once and I remember someone was saying that she's not That she there. has a few. She's yeah, not, she yeah, has like a home in Scotland. She has a place. Mm, all over, yeah, she has I houses mean, all over the place. Holiday homes. Oh, yeah, all the holiday homes. So Anne Boleyn's ghost has been seen on numerous occasions at the Tower of London. Mm-hmm. It is said her ghost haunts the place of her death, her being beheaded at the Tower yeah. of London. Perhaps the most interesting ghost story relating to Anne at the Tower is that of a captain of the guard who saw a light flickering in the locked chapel royal late one night. He tried to uncover the source of the light by climbing up a ladder and was met with an unbelievable scene unfolding inside. A procession of knights and ladies outfitted in Tudor dress pacing the chapel. Their leader, an elegant woman whose face resembled that of Anne Boleyn's in portraits he had seen. And then the procession just suddenly disappears into thin air. That's fucking nuts. Imagine just seeing a room full of ghosts. Wow, that's so cool. I know. That's so cool. cool. Very cool. Another incredibly interesting sighting of Anne was in 1864. A soldier on duty uh, near the lieutenant's lodgings in the Tower of London made yet another sighting of Anne's ghost. He claimed to have confronted and challenged the white figure and when his challenge met no response he mm. plunged his bayonet into the ghost oh okay. <laughs> i mean sure expect that. <laughs> why, why not to his complete shock the weapon did not meet flesh but yeah. instead went straight through her And according to the story, an officer named Captain J.D. Dundas, Mm -hmm. who was lodged in the bloody tower, he saw the whole event take place from his window and swore for the rest of his life that this story was absolutely true. So Mm -hmm. we have two witnesses of this story. That's really cool. 
Yep, and the letter of the witnesses, uh, yeah, he said that this is true, absolutely true, and he's stuck with his story forever. It's not said whether or not Henry ever saw the ghost of Anne Boleyn after he had her beheaded, but we do Mm -hmm. know that after she was killed, he removed all evidence of her ever even being married to him or being in his life at all. Yeah. I wonder if the guilt of what he did was too heavy for him to handle and it was easier to just erase her memory. Right. And I think, in a way, the ghost of Anne did haunt him, whether he saw her as a spirit or not. It -hmm. was the ghost of what he had done to her that haunted Mm -hmm. him. And it's obvious that the ghost of Anne Boleyn is not allowing her memory to be erased by being so present in locations all around England and she's not letting anyone forget what was done to her by shocking hundreds of witnesses by her headless ghost. She was such an impactful person in life and even in death she's leaving just as much of an impact. So that's that's the history of Anne and Henry's marriage, the love story, but the the heartbreak and... That's crazy. I love so much. um, I think that's really cool because you don't hear a lot of ghost stories leaving a location really it's all no. kind of at one spot it's always like that one place that they died yeah. or they lived and that's it that's right there's always like a significant place where it happened like even maybe it's like in a, a big property maybe yep. the same ghost but this is like yep. all over the all country all over all over homes and palaces that yeah. she lived and, and where she was all the same type and... of encounters as well yep that's really cool. Very I didn't know cool. really anything like that at all. So that's very romantic. A very romantic <laughs> at first. And then very romantic at first and then it's like, oh a bit sad. Yeah. Henry yeah. was like King Henry the Eighth. Wow. Was a giant fucking asshole. A... Yeah. He, yeah, he's gross. Like, especially even thinking about like Catherine of Aragon that he was Mm. first with like she mm-hmm. was an amazing wife and person and yeah then on a dime he was like oh, i'm gonna go fucking oh, hook up with anne boleyn what a weirdo like how can you just go on from that many people and yes. think that Ugh. it's also rumored that he one of his mistresses mm. was anne boleyn's sister oh i wouldn't yeah okay. he was hooking up with everyone and he ditched anne boleyn's sister who thought she was kind of like in line for potential marriage and then he met yeah. Anne and he was just like see you later and then got with Anne and blah 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 so and then yeah. he did this to every wife he was just like you're getting yeah, divorced yeah. you're getting beheaded you're blah 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 you know oh my god mm. ew okay yes. well Fucking hell, what a wild episode. A wild we've, time. we've gone like I can barely remember what happened. I, I don't even <laughs> <laughs> absolutely insane. Uh, we started off with some very funny stories. Yes, there were many um, tears shed from the laughing. Very yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> there have been many uh, drinks drunk and many yeah, laughs I'm... had and I hope you guys had a really good time listening to our stories. Yeah. Um, It would mean a lot to us if you'd share Mm. our 
podcast yes. on any of your socials. So if you have Instagram or Facebook, um, that would be awesome. Tell if you just want to, sh- yeah, tell your friends um, that you're listening to really funny Aussie girls um, tell some spooky things. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to say, Jody? Yeah, you Think can find in? us on social medias, yeah. on the platforms. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, where Spooky Mountain Podcast. Um, we hopefully will be doing Twitch soon. We're on Twitter. Oh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. We're on bloody TikTok. Yeah, we're, we're on the TikTok. TikToks. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Spooky Mountain Podcast. Go connect with us. You can send us an email, spookymountainpodcast at gmail.com. We mm-hmm. reply to everyone. We yep, want to yep. hear your stories, want to chat with you, we want to do the things. And so, also this is video, so if you want to check out the, any of our video episodes, sign up to our Patreon. Yep. So, yeah. At any, any tier, you sign, is, is that right? Any tier gets to watch our videos, I think. I think it's $5 and above. Oh, 5 and above. Yeah, yeah, Which 5 and above. Five yeah, yeah. 5 bucks a month? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 5 bucks good. a month. And we got blogs, vlogs. Vlogs, blogs, and video vlogs, episodes. Vlogs, videos, photos. Discord, Discord as well, where we all talk a lot of shit in there. It's great. It's good yeah, fun. It's great. It's great. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll talk at you next week. Bye, guys. This episode of Spooky Mountain was created and recorded on land of the original custodians, the Gundungurra and Bidigal people. We pay respects to the past, present and emerging mob. My name is Geordie and I'm a proud Gunya woman. Thank you for listening.